Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are you today? Uh, goodbye. Oh. And I'm just joking. I'm on the. I'm on. I've been on the Beatles thing recently. You. Ah. Uh, you say hello. I say goodbye. I thought it was like a a tenet situation where we start the podcast at the end and then we're gonna like our way back through and then we have to end with the outro. I wonder has anyone done that, a reverse podcast? That seems like a horrible format. That's a good idea for a sketch. Uh, getting a man who definitely understood Tenet when he watched it to explain the plot of Tenet. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Tenet, so I feel like that this is much the same thing. <laughs> he just, this, I think this is what Tenet was about. Um, and, then, and then go through it that way. I wonder, do you think, or I'm sure people have talked about this already, actually. Can you watch Tenet, the movie, in reverse? And what what would happen? Is it like a you know like an album situation? Like on you listen to a, a record backwards, and there's like a secret hidden message. Is it one of those situations, or is it just nonsense? It'll be a novel way to watch the credits anyway. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Big reveal. It's just the longest post credit scene ever. That'd be the real payoff uh, for those people who who love a post credit scene. If you can, the post credit scene's the whole movie. They should do that five minute intro and then credits roll and then the rest of the movies just the post credits. This is the MCUification of the, the movie world. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is this is the this is the trajectory we're on. This is where we're going to. Um but yes, how have you been? We we took a bit of a break uh over Christmas and the new year, and then kind of just a an extended break from there as start of 2023 proved to be very, very busy for me actually. Um so I, I was keeping busy, nothing too crazy, but just uh, sort of lost track of time a little bit. And I think also you get, you rest on, on your laurels a little bit when you start having like one or two weeks off. It's so easy to turn into <laughs> a lot longer to to not podcast for um, as much as we do love it. But it's very good to be back. What, I mean, I'm sure loads of stuff has happened. Trailers have come out, things have been announced or whatever uh, since we've been away. But anything over the break that you uh, particularly want to talk about? Um, over the break, anything I would like to talk about? Um, honestly, I'm I'm gonna go with no, which I I mean I don't I guess that's not unbelievably a podcast, yeah. but I mean you, you know what Chris? Well, I, well, there's one thing I could talk about. And that's that I'm raging that Puss in Boots. We have to wait for it till February, or yeah. they got it in like December in the US. I think that's a disgrace. It, I, I know because I was I was looking at the releases and I then I kept seeing all these like seeing all these people doing breakdowns and videos on online about it and I was like how do you know all this it's not even out yet but it it is it just it's not for us it's I, tragic I don't get it personally in this day and age I mean I remember you used to get it back but not anymore but you used to get it with Pokemon games mm-hmm. um that they would like well they would release really early in Japan like maybe a day or two later in um in, in america but then you were having like maybe an extra few months to yeah. get it in the uk i i i i mean we're what we're a globalized society these days um it, it it just doesn't make sense to me i maybe there's a reason for it i don't see there being any good reason for it kind of extra annoyed because like from what i've seen four four of the uh the the main cast is british with the Goldilocks and the three bears all being mm-hmm. played by English, uh, quite the lineup of English actors. Uh, 
Um, I mean, I can't remember exactly who Goldilocks and Baby Bear were, but I mean, Mummy and Daddy Bear, Ray Winston and Olivia Coleman. Uh, I think it's Florence Pugh, not someone in it. She might she be Goldilocks. Someone, so that, that might be Goldilocks. I can't remember. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, it just it's just annoying. It feels it does literally like. Yeah, I assume there's a reason, but I don't know why. I wonder, did they think like. Did they have predictions that because obviously I was thinking, oh, well, competition normally will make something be postponed. So obviously Avatar came out and that would, would have been like big competition. But it, that surely that's true anywhere. Did they have a weird prediction that Avatar was going to do even better in the UK? So they should hold off on releasing yeah. Puss in Boots or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird when it's like specific to one place, I, I, apart from like unless, you know, uh, for example, like the, the Transformers movies normally do very well in like uh chinese um movies uh, like in the chinese market uh so i would understand like oh maybe we don't release our movie in china for a little bit longer or something like that but this doesn't feel specific enough to the uk to be like oh hold off because everyone's going to be watching i don't know but did yeah. did anything specific come out here that they'd be scared of uh i mean i i think in general i get them not wanting to compete with avatar i mean the sort of span that Avatar is in the cinemas is is like dead, really, mm-hmm. in terms of other releases. I mean, I think the only thing that's sort of the only biggish releases, and they're only overlapping with it either end of its run. They're not then released in the middle with the only things that are really sort of released with it are were Matilda the Musical and um, Babylon, but I yeah. mean, they didn't try to match it up like in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I get not competing with it, but as you say, I, I, I mean, surely if that you could ask be more which, true here than anywhere else. Which, which, which movie? I think the UK. Who would be more interested in Pussum? But I think the UK strikes me as being more interested. <laughs> I don't know why, but the UK seems more like it, it would be more into Pussum. But the Last Wish than um than America would I, I just because I remember watching the first one back in 2011 and the, the sense of humour I actually think this is true for the Shrek movies in general whilst they're American productions you I actually think they have a very Monty Python sense of humour especially mm. um, obviously inspired by the quest for the Holy Grail I mean, I, I, that's, that's the tone I get at least but yeah who knows uh, no I definitely think so I mean obviously there's like a very uh mike myers you know austin powers-esque uh sense of humor as well because it's him but i think it is a combination of that and that yeah definitely monty python in like the very in that like adventure sense but with so many little vignettes in it like each joke is almost a little vignette as well which is very monty python um in like your storytelling i think that's true uh but yeah well i'm i'm very excited to see it um, is basically what this boils down to i i'm dying to see it um so it is. I mean, it's 3rd of February. I think it comes out. I've been watching the clock tick down, so it's not a long wait at this point, but it's. Uh, it was certainly annoying over the break, especially when you're off and you're like, oh, I would love to go to the cinema and see nothing. There's nothing to, to, to watch apart from Avatar. If you want to see Avatar over and over again. In saying that, I did. I saw Matilda today, uh, like a couple hours ago, um, and I absolutely loved it. I'll talk a little bit more about it later because um, I'm going to bring it up again, but it was amazing. I had a great time. Um, I love that musical anyway. I've never seen it live, but uh, I, I've listened to the soundtrack a bunch. Um, yeah. And it's great. And I was very excited to see it. And it really, it, 
it paid off. I was, I was not, it was as, as good as I was hoping it would be. So I, I was, I was really pleased with that. Um, yeah. The I only other big, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen Matilda yet, but you want to say, I actually think what impressed me from the trailers is the camera work looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like the tracking shot of the, I don't know if it's Matilda who does it or a different girl. I don't, I, I don't know what he's doing. The, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what song, whether it's like re, uh, Revolting. They do like the dance through the corridor. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like a, it's like a continuous tracking shot. Yeah, that's really impressive camera work. Yeah, really impressive camera work. Really impressive, uh, like dance ability as well. The the talent of like the young kids in this is insane. Um, and there's no like, I mean, I'm sure obviously some of them are older kids, but it's still all kids. There's no like, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man tricks of like these are all twenty year olds playing children. They're all kids and they're like unbelievable. It because it's a massive cast of extras as well in like the school, uh, and stuff, and it's just all of them are so talented it's crazy um but anyway we can come back to that uh because i could talk about it for ages the only other big news there's been since we've been away was uh our oscar nominations have been announced for this year um i kind of hate talking about the oscars <laughs> i find it a little bit boring but um it's 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 nice to just look overall i don't think we need to go through everything um but yeah oscar oscar nominees announced um biggest takeaway from this is that it's a it's a good year to be irish at the oscars apparently um so for some reason like the a massive uh, proportion of the oscar nominations are irish movies and irish actors um which is pretty cool so i mean that's fun at least uh similar to to most years the reason i want any particular movies or actors to win an oscar has very little to do with how good the movie is it's not really just other factors or because I don't want other things to win same thing this year I just hope all the Irish ones win it this year because that's because that's fun and cool for me um but yeah well, anything from the Oscars standing out to you well I'd, normally I would say yeah I like um I would say yes especially because Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are my boys mm-hmm. uh, but I, I have to admit I do I do really want Brendan Fraser to win the best actor Oscar I think that's I think that's fair um he deserves it you know great guy uh i would not be angry at that i think that's that's perfectly fine um i like to yeah to be fair i I don't think there's a lot of of nominations this year that i'm like no i hate that but it's just the same every year where you're like really this over over everything else that came out but whatever whatever the oscars is kind of weird and a bit silly but you know good for them at least they get some recognition. Uh, I like I like Brendan Fraser a lot. I think that's I think that's very fair. Um, but the Oscars truly pale in comparison in terms of award ceremonies when we start to talk about the Crack and Banter Awards for 2022, um, which is our topic of today. Very exciting. I know it's we're you know a month into the year already, uh, but I don't think that's a bad thing because there's definitely. Uh, I mean, we were just talking about Avatar, which is one of the biggest movies of last year that came out right at the end of the year. So it's nice to have a bit of a break um, and then do these awards, you know, and, and also it is it's Oscar season as well. So it's kind of perfectly timed as much as, yes, it's not the end of 2022 anymore. It's good that now, you, you know, you are you can look at everything with with retrospect and with hindsight and make some really informed and smart decisions because that's what people come here for. Look, you know, people come to us because... We make great choices and our opinions are always correct. So 
I'm excited to get into this today. Um, do you have anything to say to kind of tee us up? Do you want to do your little like Oscars-esque uh, host and and welcome us to the Crack and Banter Awards? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a song prepared though, so it's going to be spoken. Uh, movies have the ability to transport us to different places. Like, for example, I went to the movies and it transported me from my house to the cinema. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Was that, sorry, was there more? Um, yeah, no, I mean, if you want some ge- genuine thoughts, I actually thought this year was interesting for movies, especially because I would call it the year of the blockbuster because I thought mm-hmm. this was the year. I don't know, maybe because it's the first year we've been full. Don't want to say we're fully free of COVID, but we'll say fully like free of COVID restrictions. This is the first yeah. year. Start to finish, of- we could do pretty much anything. Yeah. And I, I thought this was the year. Blockbusters made a proper comeback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think when you look at this year, I don't I can't say there was any like purely perfect like ten out of ten movies, but there were so many like eight or tens out of nine, nine out of tens. And to be honest, that's I think that's what I would rather have. I mean, it's yeah. great to go and get to like a five hundred Michelin star restaurant and get a little uh amuse bush. That, that's like the best thing you've ever tasted but it's not pretty filling whereas uh, I think this year was sort of an all-you-can-eat buffet of like um, sort of seven out of ten lobster being shoved down my throat and I loved it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely you know the the Mona Lisa is great but you put your child's crappy stick figure drawing on your fridge you know uh, a, a little personal touch a big swing and a miss uh, you know that's the kind of things I like at the cinema. Big swings, big attempts, bright colours, and uh, yeah, childlike stick figure drawings. Um, I'm happy with that. Uh, if they if they make me feel good more so than I am with a, a really well directed or shot or acted movie that doesn't make me feel like anything, uh, I, I I think I prefer um the former. But uh, yeah, I think I think everything has its place, and we've definitely got pretty good quality stuff this year as well. Um as well as some stuff that's been, I think, pretty fun overall. I think when you're looking at movies as a whole, yeah, this this has been a good year. And then also some some awful stuff, but that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. uh, because we're we're here to celebrate movies today yeah. and, and TV and music and all kinds of crap. Um, so we're going to yeah. talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, just, I was going to say, if there was negative awards, I would be giving them all to the one movie, which I don't have to talk about. Yeah, I, I was thinking about doing negative awards, then I was like, I do you know what? I don't think that's in, in spirit with the the, the Crack and Banter yeah. awards. You it's know? not our thing. No, it's not. That's it's not. We 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 shit on things, but only only genuinely. You know, that's you don't need to keep kicking them when they're done. Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> although maybe at a different time, <laughs> we can come back. Week. It's it's not kicking them when they're down, but as soon as they start to get up straight back in yeah. <laughs> so you got to give them a little bit of time to rest but then then go back um it'll come back it'll come back and we will talk about bad movies at some point but i think um i think we'll just dive straight in with with movies our movie of the year that's obviously that's going to be the big thing people people are here for but uh we'll we'll kind of warm ourselves up a little bit um and go through some some genres genre movies of the year uh before mm-hmm. we kind of get to our our big overall um i could start us off with animated movie of the year which i think is a good one um i 
I like an animated movie. I think sometimes they're a bit underappreciated when you talk about awards, which I was like a little bit hesitant to put this in because there's always a little bit of like people not taking animated movies seriously or not thinking they can be great movies or or great pieces of art. Um, my animated movie of the year, I think, is a great example of how that's not true. Uh, I've gone with um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio as my animated movie of the year because I was just a really big fan of this. I watched it recently and I thought it was just really nice. It was a great, like, great story. Obviously, Pinocchio is a famous story, but it did some kind of cool and quite original things with it. Obviously, I think everyone associates Pinocchio with the Disney version. Uh, and this was a great, like, you could see, obviously, similarities from that, but that's because it's all part of the same fairy tale and it felt much more fairy tale-y uh, to me as well. But it also, it played with some other stuff as well and changed, like, the setting um, a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but you, uh, uh, I really I really enjoyed it. And it was also just really beautiful. The animation was really beautiful in it, which is obviously good in, in an animated movie. Uh, but I, I just thought it was really kind of just a nice watch um, sort of, you made you think a little bit about some stuff but never really felt like a, a draining thing to sit and watch or like you really had to think about anything like that uh, it was kind of just a, a fun time and a, a nice a very pleasant movie to watch uh, and in terms of animated movies I think that's come out on top for me this year um what about what about you yeah I was actually thinking I didn't watch like a ton of animated movies but I do have one very clear winner mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Encanto uh yeah uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but anyway, so, sometimes you see the right movie at the right time. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I, I'm not sure it's been more true than when I saw Encanto. Uh, I, I will say this has made me biased towards this movie. Uh, but uh, just well, like the, the themes really spoke to me at the, the time I saw it. Yeah. I, I was just, by the end of the movie, I was an absolute wreck. It really, yeah. I mean, absolutely beautiful movie. I mean, in terms of what makes a good animated film, uh, absolutely lovely looking animation. I mean, I think Disney have really perfect. It was maybe like a bit choppy when they first started. And I still love hand-drawn, but like they have now perfected that sort of computer-generated 3D animated movie. Yeah. Uh, be- beautiful, fluid animation. The songs are really good. I mean, I think... Uh, Obviously, we, we don't talk about Bruno Gold, the attention there is a brilliant song, to be fair. Um, mm. But, I mean, I think I think uh, Surface Pressure and Dos Anguitas are, like, two of the best um, songs from any musical I've ever se- uh, seen well, or heard. Uh, it's funny as well. I don't know. I, I, as I, said, <laughs> I just loved Encanto. I, I thought it was a beautiful movie yeah um, i think that's very fair um i hate to tell you this it came out last year <laughs> it came out at the oh, end of 2021 however I, we I, we were talking about this before we started recording these can also be something you just happen to watch this year <laughs> i think there's some there's some leeway because you didn't watch it until 2022 so i think oh, that's yeah. fine the end of december i mean catch me a break <laughs> probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't have actually made uh last year's awards cycle with Mr. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah, true. I think that I think that's very fair. If since we I suppose yeah, we don't really because it's awards we, we can't really go specifically for a year. We have to go since the last awards. So I think that's I, I, I pretty think fair. I 
I, I think yeah. I, it fits the category. I, it's just well, in case anyone comes for us. Look, you know, I got to get in there before someone else does. So if if you're like, that didn't come out in 2022, come on. No, no, literally no one cares. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but I think that's very, a very, very fair shout for, for animated movie. Um, comedy. What did you see? I, could, I was kind of racking my brain for comedies this year um, because I feel like anything that comes out that's funny is like, also something else every all the comedies i've seen this year are like comedy plus whatever you know um so i i was struggling to think of one for this uh but did you did you any comedies come to mind for for you for this year any uh, honorable I've, mentions even or, or or nominees of like possible ones um i'm trying to think yeah it wasn't like a pure comedy year but there, there was one, I think, well, there's two sticking out in my head. I, I'm going to, like, not say The Banshees of Inishirin because mm-hmm. you know, it, it's technically a black comedy. And I, it is funny, but I really would say it's a drama first. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was kind of my, that's, that's my kind of same thing where I was like, that was the first thing I thought of was the best. But I was like, I don't know if the thing that makes that the best comedy is the comedy in it, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. kind of the best movie that is also, uh, uh, as you say, a black comedy, but I don't think that's maybe what gives it the top spot, which is, a, it's a tricky category to judge because, yeah, very few things are like straight comedy. I do have one pure comedy that I really like this year, and I'm going to give it to the unbearable weight of massive talent. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Um, I did not see that. I don't, I don't know why I really wanted to actually it's kind of you kind of just reminded me of it there and reminded me of the fact that I haven't seen it um I think it's one of those movies. I think it's one of those movies I well went on underappreciated at release in terms of the number of people seeing it but I think it's one of those movies will hopefully pick up a bit of a cult following over time because really funny um I I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I went into it yeah, uh, I thought from the trailers it would be good, but I also thought sort of is the concept a bit too on the nose. But actually, it's done really well, and I think mm-hmm. um, Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage, I think, is one of the best romances on screen <laughs> the past few years. It's so good. Uh, yeah, it is just it's really funny. I I was I was very. I I actually think um, in terms of. Whilst it's not my uh, my movie of the year, I think in terms of going to the cinema and having a very good time, it would definitely be really high up there at the top for me. Yeah. And as, as we were discussing, you know, the comedy is not in vogue at the moment. So I think to come out and absolutely knock out of the park with something like that is really impressive in these days. I think the only problem is, as I said, I don't know what the financials look like. I don't know if it'll get rewarded the way it should and we'll see more movies, but I think if we don't, we just have to be happy with we've got this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I honestly I'm I'm struggling to to think of anything uh as I'm kind of talking about it. It's it is like everything <laughs> everything was comedy plus, comedy plus, do you know what I mean? Uh I'm gonna go for though. Um, as I say, Banshees of Inner I think is probably top, but I think it's to, to pick something that's a bit more uh, purely comedy, I'm going to pick Sonic the Hedgehog 2 um, because it was actually really funny and I had a great time with it. I actually really like the Sonic movies. I think they're they're really fun uh, and silly and goofy, but 
they I just like watching them. Um, between that and I actually really enjoyed uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as well this year, kind of in a similar vein um, of, of that that style of movie. I think this is a good fun time, you know. And they those are the closest things to like straight comedies that we really got this year that that wasn't trying to do a, a million things at once. Not that that's a bad thing, but uh, sometimes it's nice to just watch a movie and it's just meant to make you laugh and that's it. It's, it doesn't have to also make you cry or think about life or whatever. <laughs> sometimes I just want to laugh, and uh, and I think that's those movies did that. If you if you want to really like switch your brain off, just watch the Sonic movies because they're they're pretty fun. And you just kind of sit down, let it wash over you, and occasionally be like, oh, that's the guy from The Thing, you know, just recognize and listen to Idris Elba voicing Knuckles, the echidna, because that's hilarious. And that will never not be funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's going to be my pick. All right, next up then. Um, did you have a musical movie of the year? I, and I suppose Encanto might be <laughs> uh, going for, for another award here. Um, Unless you have something that actually came out this year, look. Uh, <laughs> Again, awards cycle, awards cycle. Um, I, I'm not going to put you on blast. I'm only I mean, Megawin is default just because I'm not actually sure. <laughs> I mm. saw any other. Um, yeah, well, musicals are never a big category, to be fair. Um, yeah, but I think I, some things kind like anything that has a song and it counts as well because there's sometimes weird in betweens of, of that as well, like pseudo musicals. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Encanto. Uh, I, I, I sort of already mentioned the music, but I mean, I think it is worth just talking about more like from a technical, not that I can talk from a technical standpoint when I say that, I mean, I'm just going to talk more about like the actual songs rather than what they made me feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a really clever songwriting. I mean, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I know he is the peak millennial, uh, but... <laughs> And sometimes that spills over into his work. But I think if you're talking about someone who can just pack so much into one line of music, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I've seen people do breakdowns of like the internal rhyme schemes of sort of uh, stuff from Hamilton. And th- there's so much more intricate than you'd think. And it's like, it's not like people are finding patterns that are there. You know, yeah. this is stuff that's so specific, it could only be deliberate. I think he's one of those people who sort of managed to carry the quality of his original independent, I'm not sure if Hamilton was, you would call it independent, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, his original sort of independent works, he's carried that quality up into his now mainstream big budget stuff. I mean, uh, as I said, from that perspective, the, the quality of the written music, the quality of performances in Encanto, uh, like the vocals, uh, uh, how, how the music helps advance the story. I mean, ultimately, I think as much as I love music for the sake of it in a movie, uh, ultimately, I do think the songs and musicals should drive the plot forward. And the ones in uh, Encanto are really good at doing that, especially as I don't know, I've already mentioned it's surface pressure. Uh, I think explains so much of that character's psyche it helps you relate to them i mean i think anyone with a family relates to at least some of what's in that song uh yeah you you know her dreams her fears i mean it's all done in like three minutes yeah uh that quality of music in a musical i mean that's that's like 
maybe the peak of the genre is a bit overdramatic, but you don't see that sort of quality in every musical is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'll talk about mine briefly because uh, very similar things to say um, about the, the writer of my musical. I'm, I'm going to uh, choose Matilda as well. I know I saw it today, so I don't have a lot of hindsight, but uh, I loved it. And as I'm saying, like, I've, I've heard all the music already. You know, I've listened to that from the, the stage show um, loads anyway. So I think it's, it's not like I'm completely fresh out of it. But uh, Tim Minchin wrote the, the music for Matilda, the musical, and uh, very similar to Lin-Manuel Miranda, not in style, but um, what I was going to say is I think both of the both of them as writers, it's very like they never waste a word, you know, in a, in a lyric. And there's never like a moment, anything that can be a rhyme is a rhyme, or if it's not going to be a rhyme, then it has to uh, evoke a feeling or if it's not going to do that it has to say be saying something or it has to fit change the rhythm or whatever so it is truly like no no line no bar no no lyric is written that's like not going to do something that's not going to achieve some kind of intention and that's just crazy because that's the sort of thing that you feel like would then mean they would very irregularly churn out very small pieces of work but that's not really true either, you know, especially not for Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's just like a, an absolute lyric machine. It's crazy to have like that much talent, but also uh, be able to, as you say, carry it through to these like big productions and it not just be you like curled up in a dark room writing and writing and writing to yourself, you know, to actually be able to portray that in something as massive as a, a big movie like this is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, Matilda, just a great example of it. There's a song that they they sing the verse first um I'll, I'll not spoil anything from the movie but they they sing out the the verse and then um it's obviously all set in a school so they kind of have a little bit where they talk and they say something about learning the alphabet and then they sing the verse again but this time like highlighting to you that they are talking through the alphabet like a, a to z throughout the whole verse and it's crazy like it completely changes the verse then when you're paying attention to that but it's also, it's not done in like, because I've seen loads of people do this, that kind of alphabet verse before, but they, it's not done in that like words start with, uh, starting with that letter. So it's not like apple is the first word, banana is the second word or whatever, uh, where it's words that start with that. They actually do it like phonetically. So it's, they're making the A sound and the B sound instead of A and B, if that makes sense. Um, they're actually saying like how the letter is pronounced which I thought was even like, it, it was blowing my mind just watching it. It was really like, just so impressive. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely watch the movie, but um, also maybe just look up that scene because I was like, huh. <laughs> it was melting my brain just sitting there. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing where you can really appreciate like how they're writing music and how it can get you either really impressive lyrically um, or make you feel like absolute crazy emotionally as well um and that is i think i think achievable even to to an even higher degree with a, a musical than than other things i think music does that even better than sometimes than than other movies uh because i'll tell you what i was bawling in matilda bore my eyes out like multiple times throughout the movie i cried which is quite crazy i am a, like a crier at movies but not not the amount i was earlier like that regularly is, is mad when it's not just the last scene but when it's like uh, multiple times throughout a movie, it, it gets you. That was kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, that's Matilda is going to be my my pick for best musical uh, for this year. Ballin. No, 
<laughs> I thought, to be fair, when you said alphabet, I thought it was going to be like alphabet aerobics by Black mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Because I, I kind of thought it was going to be that when I started, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're actually doing it this way, which was quite, quite fun. Um, all right, we're, we're nearly there, but first, just because I don't think we're going to mention them, maybe for anything else, uh, superhero movie of the year. I think we'd we'd be remiss to not bring up um superheroes at some point today. Uh however, for me personally, they're actually not gonna be <laughs> in a lot of my other awards. So um superhero movie of the year. Look, I, I'll go first. Uh I feel like this is for me absolutely miles above <laughs> the rest for this year. My my superhero movie the, of the year is the Batman. Um I not that there hasn't been good superhero movies this year, but this was just, uh, for me, a, a real cut above uh, the rest. This wasn't really a, a difficult choice for me. If you haven't seen us gush about the Batman, you can you can go back and <laughs> hear us talk about it. Uh, I don't think we need to say any anything more other than it's just extremely, extremely good. Uh, a little bit different from other superhero movies that we've seen more recently. Felt extremely true to the Batman character. Um in being like dark and, and gritty and mysterious, but still very comic booky as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I loved uh, the Batman. And that's that's my superhero pick of the year. What about you? Yeah, it's the Batman. It's I, I had to double check just in case it's missing anything. It's so far clearer. <laughs> it's actually quite funny. The only thing I think you'd even put in the same league of it, maybe Black Panther, I've not, I've not seen it yet. And Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, but actually i'm like the same league they're like just they're the only other good ones i just had a look there it, the quality of superhero movie release this year was shockingly bad i just like yeah. just to like find ones in case was missing i clicked on there to like 10 best superhero movies morbius made number 10 <laughs> oh. there were so few options they had to put morbius on the list yeah yeah, it's mad when you like, and you look at the, the DC slate and it goes from the Batman to Black Adam. And you're like, what is going on over there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was definitely, Batman was absolutely brilliant. You said we covered a lot of stuff about that in our review. Uh, I think it's really, I mean, most Black Panther, I think, will be, uh, I haven't seen it, so I, I've heard it's good. I think it'll be remembered as a good movie. I think the only superhero movie from this year that's going to have any lasting legacy is the batman it was really more a year for the tv series i think yeah i i think so too um and we will we will get to tv shows as well uh but, but before we do actually no, the only thing i was going to say is yeah go maybe, maybe make i don't think it's a coincidence that when i say the blockbuster returned this year i don't think it's a coincidence that partly that was because the quality of superhero movie was super mm-hmm. or something yeah different. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. Um, we we needed uh, something else. I think partly like people getting bored combined with uh, the fact that yes, I think superhero movies have been getting worse recently. And then on top of all of that, you've got uh, the fact that there's nothing new about seeing a superhero movie anymore either. So people wanted, you know, it's nice to go and see something different and. The, these big blockbusters gave us that something something to watch something to really sink your teeth into uh, which i think was was really good um and uh what what better way to celebrate that than with our our final movie of the year then so this is this is everything combining everything look your movie of the year um 
I think we have the same choice. We certainly did at one point, but I don't know how times have changed. Luke, uh, what is your movie of the year, officially? Well, I hemmed and had, because there was a few I think were up there, but I did, in the end, I gave my best movie of the year award to Top Gun Maverick. As did I, so we can we can talk about this. Um, yeah, I think what a great example of kind of exactly what we were talking about there with with big blockbusters and and so on. Um, I think this is just a perfect example of that. Really, really great movie. I mean, we 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 talked about it on on the podcast already. It's it's just it just felt like cinema, you know. Not to be like a a cinema bro nerd, but th- this to me felt like cinema with in like a not pretentious way (laughs) yeah and Um, yeah what did you think i think well i think at its core when you want to break down why it was so good i think it's what it comes down to i think i said this in the review it was a character driven movie Mm -hmm. uh you know but a movie really one of the main things it should do is it should make you care about the characters and what happens to them in the movies. I mean, I don't want to turn this into crap on superhero movies, but I mean, you'd have to say this is a problem with um, a lot of superhero movies recently. I mean, do you really care about the characters? Do you really care what happens to them? Because, you know, they're going to win at the end. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, and I think some of the other things I had down as potential candidates, what they did is they focused on the characters first and then everything after that only served to was only in there to serve the plot rather than the plot was just there to create these set pieces you know the action the special effects um mm. you know everything in top gun maverick was character driven uh it was it was just brilliant yeah you're right pure cinema you know uh really really made me remember what you wanted out of these big blockbusters and what we've been missing for a while yeah 100 100 it, it, it did it felt obviously like you can kind of all of that is amplified by the fact that it's a sequel to a movie that already perfectly encapsulates all of this as well so then it even more feels like a return to to cinema because you're literally going back to one of the most famous you know blockbusters of all time if you were to ever describe a blockbuster to someone you'd probably just show them top gun you know so when you combine that with a movie that does the same thing but i think for a, a more modern style a more modern audience and then it's also a sequel that then gives it nostalgia on top of that um and a movie that i had no real opinion on before we saw it it's just that's just unbelievable you know um, I mean- to to be able to to do all of that and it's like a it, the stars kind of aligned for that as well yeah i mean we were all looking at it at the time i mean probably said as much thinking you know this is just another typical hollywood cash grab on yeah property but how ballsy is it to go tech one of the most beloved blockbusters of the 90s uh and make a sequel that sort of whilst it's respectful and the continuation of the original is completely its own thing and as well as everything else probably actually in terms of the quality of the movie surpasses the original mm-hmm. yeah i i agree um it's it's 
hard to argue with that, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to argue with that as, as for certainly my first place. Um, I I didn't really struggle to to put this at number one. I, I didn't have a lot else. I, I mean, as we're saying, there was loads of great stuff this year, but I didn't have anything that was like going to knock this off uh, for me personally. But do you want to give any honourable mentions there um, yeah. since you were humming in hand? Yeah, these were all close to the top. My honourable mentions were The Batman, uh, Glass Onion, um, Avatar The Way of Water, and, well, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, wouldn't, I wasn't thinking necessarily of it as an honourable mention, but I, I'm going to say just based on how much I enjoyed it, I'm going to give an honourable mention to the unbearable weight of massive talent. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I think, I think all of those are good movies too. <laughs> the ones of those that I've seen at least um and yeah definitely definitely an honorable mention to Glass Onion because I loved it a lot and it's not actually come up in anything else so far so uh if it doesn't come up again but it, it might I don't know what else uh I, I can't read your mind look so we'll see but Glass Onion I really really loved uh you just watched it as well so um I'm glad you liked it too because I wasn't sure uh with th- those kind of movies are always a little bit like they can not if they don't quite strike you in the right way you know you can end up not really liking them that much so i'm glad you liked it because i thought it was it was different enough from knives out uh i thought that i was like oh i don't think everyone will like this as much uh but i i loved it no i i I think when you could see when you sort of got near the end you could see what they were doing with the movie and and the, the payoff of the setup and how the whole movie itself is essentially Maybe, it's maybe kind of a spoiler. It's not really. I'm just going to say the movie is essentially its title, which is what mm. makes it so interesting. And I think as well, I mean, I I thought seeing the first one, I mean, you could tell there was a lot of inspiration taken from, I think, mainly Pyro in terms of Agatha Christie detectives. Yeah. And I thought the, the, the way they chose to follow up the first was so Pyro, you know, uh, I don't my brother's really the Agatha Christie expert I don't know the orders but like I mean say you know the first Pyro you have Murder on the Orient Express which is so its own thing you know it's on a train it's in winter it's all that stuff and then it's then followed up by <laughs> I don't know if this is the direct sequel it's then followed <laughs> up by something completely different with um, uh, is it called River Murder on the Nile Death on the Nile, yeah. Death on the Nile, sorry, Death on the Nile. Um, and I thought in, in that sense, that was very, that was another great homage to Agatha Christie, you know, where you had the, the complete change in setting. Yeah, and I do, I like that it just leans into it also of like, yes, a complete change in setting, but also like there, there are certain caveats of a murder mystery that you have to, you have to have because otherwise it is like, why didn't we just phone the police? Why is why are you even here? Why do you know that the murderer was one of five people who happened to all be here at the same time? Like, there's certain things you have to build these these little like Cluedo esque walls to kind of make it fun to watch, so that you're not left. I think it's better to do that than leave the audience with more questions of like, why did you not just do this? Uh, so it's funny when like it is it's like brand new setting, but also similar still still very recognizable but i like that glass onion just leans into that like it is it literally is going like this is like cluedo everyone's got a a silly fun outfit their character is kind of uh these characters are ridiculous and also extremely recognizable and all of that is done very on purpose and i think like 
being unapologetic for that is so much better when murder mysteries are inherently a bit silly you know um that there is no like forensic evidence and it is always something weird and convoluted or uh not to spoil glass onion or or whatever you know (laughs) we'll not get into it um but yeah i think it's good to just be like yeah of course it's dumb (laughs) that's the point i i yeah i think that's how part of why it's so that uh, glass onion specifically was so brilliant it was it had all all the sort of standard pieces, setups, tropes of the genre, mm. but was still subversive of them. Yeah. Because it was so unsubversive. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, after a certain amount of double bluffs, you have to just not bluff at all, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think every every trick and twist and turn in a murder mystery has kind of been done at this point somewhere by someone and people are gonna either guess or they're gonna want to guess or they're gonna look online or whatever so you have to you're you can't just like uh m night Shyamalan the twist justifies the whole movie the the whole thing has to be good you know it can't just be build 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 and then the twist gets the audience everything about your movie has to be engaging and I think Glass Onion really does that yeah, um, that yeah. wasn't an M. Night Shyamalan disc, by the way. It's, he is very famous for putting twists in movies. Yeah, um, the last thing I, <laughs> is I honestly, and I'm saying this is true, if, if I was the person being told this, I'm not trying to say I'm smarter than other people. I think you could explain, before someone watched it, I think you could explain like the entire setup and give them a lot of the clues that like in a way would could only point to one person. Yeah. I, don't honestly think you would come out with the right answer yeah exactly yeah definitely because it's it's a it's a mind game it's not really about the clues uh or figuring it out or looking at the evidence um because when you're watching a movie that's you're expecting to be tricked so you don't really actually care about evidence in the movie you're looking at characters and plot and trying to figure out who would it be in context of the movie not in the actual like context of quote-unquote the crime Anyway, I don't want to give anything away in case people haven't seen it because you absolutely yeah. should watch it. Um, yeah. So let's let's move on uh, to our TV show of the year. That's another big one. Um, what is your TV show of the year? Look, loads of great TV this year. Um, TV is kind of in a weird place now of like streaming uh, and and certain things coming out, you know, to, to binge watch at once. Other things coming out week to week or a couple of episodes drop and then you get other things limited series extended series there's there's a lot of tv and a lot of different ways to watch it that this is kind of difficult to refine um a little bit but i'm still gonna make you do it sorry <laughs> yeah yeah no i i saw a lot of tv i like this year i watched more movies than tv series admittedly i did see a lot of like um already said i thought as much as i slag off their films i thought marvel's tv output this year was really good like seriously, yeah. uh, uh, Moon Knight probably of the ones that released this year did really, yeah, it did. Moon Knight probably being my favorite of the ones that released this year. Uh, yeah, uh, Better Call Saul was was really good. Good finish up, probably one of the best series I've seen. But, but it's big but I've got a big but. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going to give my TV series of the year to The Sandman on Netflix. Nice. I I really like this. So different. 
to basically anything I've uh, I've seen for a few years. Uh, I think, you know, I I haven't, I have to admit, I haven't read the Sandman graphic novels, but I mean, from what I hear, you you would look at them and think, no, adapting that to TV series or movies, verging on impossible. Yeah, well, I'm fairly sure that's why it it wasn't made for so long, because it's a a very famous and very popular graphic novel. So I, I imagine it's the sort of thing that people wanted to make a movie or a tv show out of for a long time and it ex- was exactly that watchman was the same um that's why like the original watchman is actually differs from the comic quite a lot because yeah it was famously a, an untransferable comic or unadaptable comic uh so yeah it's it's cool to do that yeah uh yeah but i mean it was it was just it was really good writing acting the creativity uh we're all off the charts on the special effects. We were, were better than a lot of uh, movies I've seen this year. Uh, really just phenomenal TV series. And I don't know if how much was influenced by the fact I think I watched like all 10 episodes in like two days traveling during interrailing, but <laughs> I mean, it worked in that format. And, you know, if if I told you there was like an 11 hour movie that was well worth watching and I enjoyed it the whole way through, that would be pretty impressive. So, yeah. Yeah, I was I was very impressed by that. I I think, as I said, maybe maybe there's shows that can match it for uh, like performances and writing. I don't think there's a single show this year that could match it for creativity and sheer spectacle. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's probably the one from this year. I think I'll live in my head the longest. Yeah, yeah, uh, similar to to my pick actually, um, because mine is sort of like that as well where i think yes other things could be on a par with it in certain ways and completely opposite in the sense of like creativity and and spectacle certainly aren't the uh the the biggest thing in this show but it is the show that's yeah sticking with me the most and that i'm like most excited for a new season of uh my pick is uh wu-tang an american saga this is a a series like a a biopic series basically about the wu-tang clan um the basically basically a, a group of rappers in America for anyone who doesn't know who kind of I don't want to say uh changed hip-hop forever but I kind of changed hip-hop forever uh, <laughs> and really like invented a, a a bit of a new style both like lyrically and and the way they rap but also in the sense of like the type of group that they were and they were all solo artists as well and how they produced and made music uh was extremely creative and different and it, i i think i'm of the opinion that it did change hip-hop um and the way that rap is is done and looked at now uh but more than that the the stories behind how they got started and everything that they went through to do this is crazy <laughs> the story is crazy i never knew it was as crazy as it was um until i watched this show and it's just it's just a really great show if you like anything uh like these musical biopics that are quite popular now if you like straight out of Compton's like probably the most similar thing you can compare it to um just because it's also about a rap group but uh this is a, a series instead it's really really great um it also Wu-Tang uh in even in down to their name if you don't know uh are like heavily inspired by a lot of old kung fu movies as well um but the RZA who created this show uh, and it's in the Wu-Tang Clan is also a director and just a big like movie kind of guy. So they're basically, they're all like nerds uh, and there's loads of 
different little influences and inspirations in the episodes as well so they'll the episodes will occasionally like uh every every so often they'll do an episode that's extremely stylized which is really cool they had one that was kind of done in like the style of a western um not in like the setting or anything but just the the way things were shot and the the music and stuff they've like had multiple uh animated sections they've gone into like big dream dream sequences they're like massive action sequences and stuff as well uh so there's these cool like incredibly stylized moments and then it goes back to a very like normal story about a rap group uh but then all the, the characters is kind of the, the coolest thing about it and then being reminded that they're like real people and then on top of all of that just some of the the best hip-hop music in my opinion that's that's ever been made um to soundtrack the whole thing it's a it's a perfect storm if you like that kind of stuff and i like all that stuff you know so it was like really a really great show for me uh as soon as i watched it and there's a new season coming out which i'm very excited about um so yeah that's that's going to be my pick i think definitely that's uh, something you should watch if you like that kind of thing sounds like ain't nothing with, with... <laughs> nice nice um <laughs> honorable mentions i guess um... to like the star wars shows this year as well um, I haven't watched Andor yet, which I know everyone is saying is incredible. So uh, that I feel like has potential to be a, a great one, but I've not watched it yet. But uh, I loved I loved the Kenobi series. I like Book of Boba Fett. Um, there's there's good Star Wars stuff out there as well. Uh, you mentioned the Marvel stuff as well. Um, so there's plenty of good stuff, but all that stuff is great. But also I know what to expect and I know it's going to be good. And it's nice to see a show that's like, oh, this is new and fresh and like for me uh that feels like it's not kind of star wars feels like it's for everyone a little bit which is maybe a little bit like um i don't know a little bit tarring everything with the same brush yeah i i it it would probably be my runner up i also wanted to say that um this would be my runner up as in the boys series three i mean yes that was that was on my list as well um absolutely th- yeah a great 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 season i think well, i did give some uh, my uh series of the year i mean it's just had one great series i mean the boys has now consistently been the best thing on television yeah the last uh, however many years since it started i mean it's phenomenally good and if you're talking about okay as i said not read the boys graphic novels but have read other people talk about it. i mean if you're talking about things that have now surpassed their source material Apparently, in terms of quality, the boys is just nice so far beyond. Yeah, novel. Yeah, um, I can say yeah. Uh, shout out to Stranger Things season four as well, which came out this year. Uh, because I I do like that show. I thought this was a maybe slightly weaker season than others, but I still had fun with it because I just loved that setting and it's fun. Uh, it's fun and silly and a little bit spooky, and it is um. Again, same thing where it's kind of it's just very for me, where even even though it's maybe not the the best or or best made show, but uh, everything about it I like, so that's good enough for me. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything anything was like kind of special and stood out to me the same as that Wu Tang, an American saga. Uh, so I I'm I'm happy with those picks. Um, awesome. We can we can move on. I've got some some slightly uh fun more fun like slightly goofier ones coming up but we can we can go first for another just straight up favorite um your your game of the year look video game of the year and now you this is more this is more your forte and you're also you're saying this is just a game we played this year because i think compared to movies and tv 
it's harder to play a lot of games that only came out this year. Yeah, the, the financial aspect of what we've saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, that being said, my, my game of the year is actually from 2022. Another entry only finished it like a week or two ago. Uh, got, I got the game for Christmas. But my game of the year, and to be honest, I played loads of great games this year. Some of my favourite games ever, even though that this one just blew everything so far out of the water. My best, my game of the year is God of War Ragnarok. Excellent. Um, it's, Excellent. I mean, I, I said, I think last year I said when they gave Last of Us Part 2 uh, my game of the year, uh, I mean, it, you were talking about something that raised the bar for narratives and the quality of stories and in, in video games, I still stand by that. We, we now have one that can stand alongside that. I mean, for a series that started out about a very angry man just trying to kill as many Greek gods as possible, and those <laughs> were great, what God of War has evolved to is genuinely amazing. The, the quality of writing, acting, everything, the way it, it, it sort of, it took everything that was great about the first part of the, the God of War Nordic saga, uh, 2018's God of War, and and it, it took everything that that game set up and just kicked on with it and took it to a higher level it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a phenomenal game. I mean, I think, you know how I said, I think, uh, earlier with surface pressure from Encanto, that's something that anyone who's part of a family would be able to relate to, at least some of that. I mean, I think it doesn't matter, I think, what your relationship with your parents are good bad and different i mean there's a whole spectrum obviously life is different from everyone i think you would have to be made of stone to not be touched by the relationship between kratos and his son atreus in his games i mean mm-hmm. essentially that's what the two games have been about is the father-son relationship yeah that and i mean it's it's beautiful yes yeah. the last of us was about a dad as well i wonder is this saying something about the the developers over at Sony? <laughs> I, I, Are we slowly going to learn as more and more video games come out, and like they, <laughs> yeah, they're they're bringing out every every new release is like it's a, a Assassin's Creed Father Chronicles. <laughs> slowly, we discover all of their games are about about dads. I mean, I have to tell you, if they're all if they're as good as those games, they can do it for as long That's as. That's okay they... with me. Yeah, true, true. I mean. I should I should say because obviously it's a game as well. Uh, the gameplay is amusing. Uh, it's sort of it's over the shoulder third person combat, really fluid uh, combat. Lots of different enemy types, and you have to and you have to use the full range of your weaponry and learn to adapt. But the curve is so well structured that it feels completely natural. Nice. Uh, I mean, stuff like that really can't be. You really can't. Um, oversell how difficult to do that is. I mean, I've seen so many games feel like that. Graphics mm-hmm. are gorgeous. I mean, uh, I think I I still think to a certain degree, just to accommodate the last generation, the 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 breaks haven't really been taken off the PS5's hardware capabilities yet. But I think we're starting we're getting games now like God of War Ragnarok, where we're starting to see a little bit what it can do. I mean, it, it's amazing. Uh, it's just, I, I think 
people are always quick to declare the death of the video game industry. And I mean, yeah, the video game industry's got lots of problems, microtransactions, predatory games, uh, price gouging. I mean, all those problems are there, but I mean, the reality is we've not seen anything like some of the games that have been released recently, like God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, and those those bad things make bad games bad, but they don't change anything about what makes good games good, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, good games are still good games, regardless of like problems with other games, you know? <laughs> it's almost like you have to look at everything as an, an individual and you can't say that everything is the exact same all the time. Who'd have thought? Um, my game of the year, this is going to seem really obvious to anyone who plays any games, and I am extremely late to the party, I know, but I was late to just the game and party generally, and as you we were saying, it's it's harder to catch up on great games than it is to catch up on, on great movies. You can't really do it in a day, uh, but I don't think anyone will argue with my game of the year that is uh, Borderlands 2. Um, that is my game of the year that I played for the first time this year, because damn that game is great <laughs> that's a great game and i know anyone who plays games is rolling their eyes being like this is the game of the year from like 10 years ago but still it's still a great game regardless so i'm still right i just took a while to play it uh, but yeah borderlands 2 great game basically all the same stuff you said about god of war there um it's just a little bit older but i i freaking love borderlands it's such a fun setting um and then on top of that really fun game to play so Borderlands 2 is going to be my game of the year as much as, yes, I did take some time to, to get around to it. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to sound like an insult by me in the most complimentary way possible. If you're, talk- if you're talking about how you have the highbrow of the medium like God of War, Ragnarok, Last of Us that perfected that, if you're talking about perfecting the lowbrow of the medium, hmm. I mean, Borderlands 2 is the, is the absolute peak of the genre. And as I said, that sounds like an insult. I think if you play Borderlands 2, you'll know exactly what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Massive compliment. It's sheer entertainment just dialed up as high as possible and comedy and complete ridiculousnessness. Yeah. It's yeah, insane. exactly. I mean, um, it's, it's you know, Borderlands 2 is super bad. You know, that like super bad isn't going to be in the, was it the, the Criterium Collection, whatever that's called? Um, you know, Superbad isn't going to be in that, but it's the best version of the thing that it is. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what Borderlands 2 is. It's the best version of whatever that is. Um, and that is a, a great, I, I think, a great position to have. And that's exactly why it's my game of the year. Um, but yes, I, that actually couldn't segue me into our next topic quite well which is uh, something you watched in 2022 that wasn't from 2022. Uh, we've talked about a couple already, but something very sp- that's specific. As like, I don't think Encanto counts for this because it was still within the season. Um, I'm not going to say Borderlands for this because I just said it. Uh, my, my thing I watched this year that wasn't from this year uh, is going to be the movie Soul. Um, I talked about this on the podcast, so I don't need to go into it a lot, but... Um, yeah, this is one of those ones, like so many movies that's on your list that you're, you want to watch it, you're, you know you're going to like it, you're excited to watch it, but you just keep not watching it for some reason. Um, and then I f- actually finally did watch it, and I really loved it. Uh, kind of same thing. I feel like, I feel like doing a podcast, Luke, um, is just giving people like the perfect, the perfect criteria and the perfect uh, evidence to just build a profile about you. 
um mm. and especially when we the more we talk about movies is like you can start to see quite quickly and even discover about yourself what you like when you <laughs> when you see movies or or tv shows or whatever it is and i feel like i it's probably comes as no surprise to people who listen to the podcast that i like movies that are just fun to watch but also like not too draining I, f- I feel like i say that a lot about movies just movies that are like really really great but that don't leave you too too much in any direction i like a movie that's just i like to just watch a movie and soul was really like that it made you think a little bit it had you laughing it had you crying or or close to crying it kind of it went through a lot of emotion it went through every emotion great story beats but also a real like not everything is happening in this movie all the time you know um and i just love that i like uh, it was like jazz and the movie's about jazz so it's even better um and this that's yeah that movie watching soul felt like listening to jazz so uh, and if that doesn't make you want to watch it then it's not the movie for you but that's uh, that's what it was for me but yeah look what did you watch this year that was from another year and it doesn't have to be a movie but it can be uh, I, I'm going to go with a movie. I'm going to go with uh, something I've also talked about in the podcast. I'm going to go with Scream. Mm. I would. I'm. I. I think I've just got. I'm not. I'm more of a horror guy than you are, but I'm not a horror guy. Um, <laughs> Scream was just so good. I. I knew. I always knew it was supposed to be like kind of subversive and not really a full-on parody, but a bit of a send-up of the genre. Oh my goodness! I didn't. I. Honestly, if you're talking about movies, I think almost everyone undersells. I think people undersold just how good Scream is. It is yeah. so funny. And not like in a way like, oh, it's 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 not meant to be funny. Like it's so like if you've got a dry sense of humor, I mean Scream is just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's just so it's so good. I mean it, I would almost compare it to I don't know if you ever watched Nice Guys. It was almost uh, like, yeah, yeah. you know how the nice guys, especially during some scenes, they will always pick the funniest possible thing to happen. Like, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Gosling's character goes for cover in the shit-out behind a car. <laughs> yeah, car yeah. Platform. Scream almost does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a bit where um, there's, a, there's a girl running away from Ghostface, and she gets in a car, uh, locks the car doors by like you know pressing down the things on the window and tries to start the car but can't find the car keys <laughs> he hears a tap on the window and it's Ghostface tapping with his knife and mm. he just his hand. he's got the keys <laughs> yeah it is it's truly it's like does this need to make sense no so just just make it funny instead because no one's gonna care uh, or people will care but you know I don't like those people. <laughs> that's almost it's it's it, it's still intelligent. Like it's one of the few horror movies. Yes, people still get killed in it, but almost everyone who's in it is actually quite intelligent and does the smart thing. Yeah, which which is also unusual. It's as I said. I mean, I can see why it was so revolutionary when it came out because it's just so subversive in the genre, mm-hmm. but like in a way that's still reverential to the genre. I mean, I, I've said it before, I think the other great example is Austin Powers. Yeah, really funny movie. Part of the reason it's so funny is because it's made with love for the genre of spy movies. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, no, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. And it's just 
it just makes it so much fun to watch a, a movie like that you know um when it's like ah people were really making decisions here you know whether you like it or not but obviously in this it, it is for the better but it's just nice to see people being like yeah same thing i was saying about glass onion just unapologetically being like this is gonna be funny if we do this so let's just do it um and and i really like that all right next one next one we have uh pleasant surprise this is an award we did last year and i actually really like this award so something that that pleasantly surprised you this year something you maybe weren't expecting to be good or weren't expecting much from and then and then did surprise you um i can i can do mine first because i actually had a great time with this movie uh as as it got to christmas time we both went to, uh, to see violent night at the cinema and I was very pleasantly surprised by that I was ready to strap in for kind of anything um I thought this this looks like a lot of fun but uh if it's horribly atrocious if it's a really awfully made movie I'm okay with that as well because it'll be fun to sit and watch and it's something to do when you're off over Christmas as well um and like seeing it with you as well I was like oh cool we can kind of we can take the piss if it's no no good as well or or if it's good, great. But I really wasn't expecting it to to be quite as fun as it was. I had a, a, just a delight with this uh, with this movie. So I was very pleasantly surprised by by Violent Night. Yeah, I had a jingle ball as well. Nice, that's good. A jingle ball. Um, yeah, I mean that Christmas puns. If that's not enough reason to to love this movie, I don't know what else is. You know, it's. Um, <laughs> I I think it just it just does everything so well. Yeah, uh, but what about you? What were you pleasantly surprised by? Uh, this one's kind of interesting because it's not that I didn't have expectations for this. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I just didn't. I thought it was just going to be okay, though. I was prepared to be disappointed, mm-hmm. but I was so delightfully surprised. I think my pleasant surprise is Bullet Train. Nice, nice. Uh, so yeah, Bullet Train. I think I think most people knew it came out, but I think most people just. <laughs> Maybe it was the release window. It did sort of go in that summer dead period, you know, after all the other blockbusters, uh, when the weather is really hot and people don't tend to go to the cinemas. Uh, yeah. But it was so good. I mean, I always gave a best comedy, but I didn't because it's more of an action comedy. But mm. just a genuinely really fun, uh, well-written, clever movie. And it's just anchored by so many good performances like Brad Pitt is really Brad Pitt is he's kind of like you just used to call him playing off type because I think for a while he was typecast it's now almost on type for him yeah the weird role he does these days which I think is is really entertaining yeah uh Aaron Taylor Johnson is really good uh so many like fake outs and cameos with certain characters that you think are going to be big players in the movie and then aren't but it's like it's almost an exercise in Chekhov's gun you know the whole idea <laughs> gun in act one it has to be used in act three yeah Print, yeah look that's set up throughout the movie pays off somehow it's, it's amazing <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's, it's so good I mean I think it's you know how a lot of movies you have to recommend with caveats like you'll like this if you like whatever or I think this is one of those movies you can genuinely recommend to anyone because it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I actually haven't seen it yet. I was really excited to see it and I, I just didn't, but I will, <laughs> but I will. Uh, that's definitely, I feel like the 
that's a good little when you've got an, a night to yourself fire that on that'll be the that'll be the time i watch that um so many things that it's just like you just you just gotta wait for the time the timing to to be right and then and then you're flying but yeah i am excited to see that it's it looked like my kind of movie so i'm glad i'm glad that you were pleasantly surprised because that that gives me hope that gives me confidence to, to watch it sometimes whenever i miss the boat on something i'm like oh i don't know if i want to see it now because either people have said it's not that good or also if people are just a bit silent about it if you've not heard much that's generally not a good thing either sometimes i'm a little bit like ah i didn't see that but should i even bother watching it now um but i i suppose i should just stick to my guns because who cares what other people think um that's that's the, the lesson of today's episode apparently that's the moral uh all right next next one we're, we're coming up to the end here but uh our, our next award i really like this award is the humble pie award uh you actually introduced this award last year um this is some something you were wrong about this year uh i suppose is the the easiest way to to put it um and that you now must must eat humble pie look what were you wrong about this year i i don't think you can even just say i was wrong about this this year i think this is like i think this almost deserves to be retrospectively given it for like the past few years i have to give my humble pie award to avatar the way of water and i would consider this an official public apology to (laughs) who multiple times over the past few years i said had basically been given a billion dollars to go to new zealand for 10 years and piss about in a submarine (laughs) maybe that's what he did but what at some point in there he made a movie billionaire billion dollars is he made an absolutely amazing movie called Avatar The Way of Water, which completely exceeded every expectation I had for it. It was one of the best movies released this year. And did, in terms of the time tech and and money spent, justified it by also having probably the best special effects, at least computer-generated special effects, I've seen in any movie ever. I literally cannot think of one that's got better CGI. The motion yeah. capture is quite frankly stupendous. It's the express the the avatars are so ridiculously expressive. The hair, I mean, nobody's got hair right. The hair looks completely natural. It's amazing. Uh, the the underwater scenes almost look like a National Geographic documentary for a foreign planet. They're so beautiful. Wow. It, like you are literally on a different planet. It's stupendous. I there's absolutely no justification now if you go back and listen to everything I said because it was so far off the mark and wrong <laughs> and incorrect. And I feel like part of being I was gonna say a man, but I think anyone just being an upstanding member of society is when you make a mistake and you're wrong about something you apologize for. So yes, I'm I'm eating my humble pie and giving mm. Uh, Mr. Cameron and everyone who worked on the film they're due because they've created an amazing movie and I know I, I wouldn't have thought I would be saying this even just a few weeks ago but I cannot wait for Avatar 3 yeah just wait 10 more years and it'll, you'll get it look don't what, worry uh, <laughs> what he did with time and technology is quite frankly amazing um, yeah I mean I, I did lay into Avatar 2 a little bit as well when we were as we've been talking about it and and building our excitement however i have not seen it yet so i still have a little bit more time to be right until i have to eat my humble pie so num 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 no crumbs for me 
I'll <laughs> I'm not apologizing until I have to. Look, I'm gonna hold this out. Uh, I and I hope the movie sucks, and then I can be right about everything. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I just stubbornly, I'm like, I'm there crying in the cinema. I'm like, it's all. I mean, no, I don't think it's that good. I I think I was still right. <laughs> you can't do it just you can't go see it on like a really big screen in 3d i also can't believe that the man mm. rescued and brought i mean not like he gave it the kiss of life 3d's been buried like yeah, six yeah. long dead the corpse's skin has completely rotted away but he has somehow breathed life into 3d i i yeah. have how He's much he's not this side of the park. I mean, I suppose to be fair, I was putting doubt in the man who made like a laundry list of some of the greatest movies ever, but yeah. But it was just all yeah. so weird still. I'm not yeah. over it. Uh yeah, my my Humble Pie Award, I don't think I had it have anything quite as egregious as, as Avatar 2, and that that probably will be mine when I do see it. But since I can't eat that humble pie yet, I will I will eat my humble pie about something I, I was pretty wrong about this year. Um, and that was that I, I can't remember if we talked about it much on the podcast, but I was quite excited to for uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And uh, I actually went to the cinema to see that movie. And that is more than enough of a regret to, to eat my humble pie, because boy, was I wrong to want to see that movie. <laughs> sort of a reverse humble pie here. That movie did exceed my expectations in all the absolute worst ways to have just a stellar cast of beloved characters and make one of the worst movies of the year uh it's kind of impressive in a sense but fantastic beast the secrets of dumbledore is uh the closest i can get to to my humble pie before uh before i see avatar as well um man i didn't even realize that movie came out this year until i was looking at movies for this uh so bad so 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 bad Especially in oh. hindsight, I think we were actually quite nice about it when we talked about it on the podcast, but that movie is bad. I've not really changed my opinion on it. I, I think that's kind of funny because I kind of had to be dragged to because I didn't really want to go watch it because it was like, I thought the second one was mid as hell. Mm. I, it was bad. It wasn't mid, it was bad. Um, <laughs> one was like, I don't know, two hours long or something. I didn't really want to go watch it. I, I think I actually enjoyed it the most of all of us i i mean i would temper that by saying when i say enjoyed i'm saying solidly three stars out of five nothing more than that mm. i thought fine i would go see a fourth one i mean i would see a fourth one because it's just I, I like to see this universe unfold but uh no i can't i can't in good conscience say that that wasn't awful <laughs> in hindsight and i was actually excited for it i love harry potter stuff so i was like oh cool no bad really bad um admittedly it's not like the worst movie of the year but everything that's been really bad this year i, I knew was going to be bad so that was the the thing i was definitely the most wrong about the fact that i thought that was going to be good and it well, was worst, really was awful the worst movie of the year to be fair we all thought it was going to be good and we all thought it was going to be like a five-star movie so it's even yeah more... true 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 but that that seemed obvious though i don't mm. also i don't want to I don't want to even give that an award for, for, for being bad. The Humble Pie Award does not deserve that. Uh, yeah, I, I do feel like my real answer will be Avatar as well, but I just uh, I can't make that claim until I've seen it. And so somehow Secrets of Dumbledore has, has got onto this list. <laughs> um, listen, I have one more award to finish this off, Look, but unless you have any other uh, awards or, or special thanks or credits to give out before we, before we wrap up, I've got one to finish this just. Uh, best podcast with Greg Munter. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think our podcast is good, but I mean, I'm, I'm not doing so. I wouldn't give the best podcast of the year. <laughs> no, it is. It's the best one. Uh, it's kind of like, <laughs> like how your own farts smell. You know, you maybe think it's pushing sound loud. Sorry. Sorry. What did he say? Uh, look, no one thinks that. That's just you, buddy. Yeah, see, now I know you're lying. <laughs> um, yes, what what, what are you talking about? It's it's like your own farts. Sorry, that podcasting is like farts. Is that what you were saying? Yes, I said giving your own podcast the best podcast of the year award is like saying you like the smell of your own farts. Mm, it's even, like giving yourself best fart of the year, I get it. Even if you think it's true, you probably shouldn't say it. Yeah, true. All right, fart of the year then. Um, I, I can't remember where it was, but there was one, it wasn't me, unfortunately. I remember being somewhere. I, I was almost violently ill. Someone did such like a tremendously awful one. Oof. Okay, I'm so regret that I asked that question. Um, do you have any more, or shall we dive into our last award here? No, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, as I said, keeping it positive. Um, I'm going to get best Colin Farrell of the year award to Colin Farrell. Although excellent, yeah, yeah, that's good. Ran close cool. this year. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a close one this year, but I think I think Colin Farrell's going to take it. Um. All right. Well, my last award then is uh, the award for contributions to crack and banter. This is a new one. And this can go to anything. It can be a a movie, a show, uh, an actor, uh, a person just in in your life, uh, a moment um, and a thing that you saw, uh, a thing, just an item you have, anything at all. um, But you're something that to you contributed in some way to the, the crack and banter of the year, the not the podcast crack and banter as in the 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 notion the concept notion the concept of crack and banter what what do you think really contributed to what deserves recognition for its contributions to crack and banter this year i um oh crack i'm going to say i'm going to say Oh, no. I'm almost. I think it should get a lifetime legacy award. <laughs> it, it wasn't this year, but it does deserve its lifetime legacy award. So I'm going to say, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, uh, yeah. I suppose. I suppose you're not wrong. I I do think this is a, an award we should agree upon. I don't think we. I think there should only okay. be one winner of this every year. But I. Uh, what What's your suggestion? Let's see if I no, agree. I'm. I'm not going to beat that. I'm not going to beat that. Um, mine was going to be Morbius. <laughs> oh no! If we're talking about like pure contributions, like it's yeah, it's Jack, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Then probably yeah, because it's got it's got contributions in in all aspects as well. Morbius was kind of only its only contribution was to make fun of, uh, but Zack Snyder's Justice League in so many ways, uh, from like the the whole build up to its uh, to its production through to the movie itself all of the dumb things in it that I hated and then all the like really great things in it that, <laughs> that we had to eat our humble pie for last year. Um, I think, I think that's a, a really good pick. Yes, that is more of a lifetime achievement award, but certainly uh, retroactively very well deserved. 
Um, and I think I think you're right, Luke. Zack Snyder's Justice League that that does deserve the award for contributions to crack and banter for for 2023. And that is actually going to do us for our awards this year. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I think that was I think that was a good set of awards. Um, we are back now officially. It's it's pretty good to be back. Uh, for for the year. Um, we want to try and do all kinds of crap this year, like we always do, but. I'm I'm just excited for 2023. Look, how are you, how are you feeling? A good you feel like it's going to be a good year. What's your predictions? Um, my my prediction is that uh Barbie will be the film of the year. No, I think I think that <laughs> well, no, it could be the film of the year. But Got I potential. think my prediction for film of the year will be the new Into the Spider Verse movie. Oh yeah, that that's definitely that's got that's got legs, eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> And then two trotters. Because Spider Pig does have hands, actually, which I suppose make his upper appendages arms. Wait, is it a hand? Is it is it whatever you have on the end of an of a limb that makes it what it is? Is that what makes let you know four legged things have four legs? Is because they have feet on the end of all of them? It's you're a you're an animal scientist. Do stand on? I mean, uh, I mean, I, you can have a hoof on the end of a leg. I would say if something was bipedal, you see that's that's the difference. We're bipedal animals. That means mm-hmm. two legs because we stand on two legs. Um, I think everything else that like if you're quadrupedal, you stand on four legs. I think it's to do with what you stand on. Is this... Yeah, but if a horse had hands, you wouldn't call it its arms. Yeah, yeah if it's if it's hind <laughs> legs, it would be. Ah, I mean, look, this is horrifying. <laughs> I mean, gorillas essentially have. Hmm, hmm, that's where it gets. There is the complicated the thing that complicates everything. That's the things that aren't quite quadrupedal, uh, but aren't quite. I stopped bi- listening as soon as I pictured a horse with hands. Look, honestly, it's kind of scaring me. Just. It might just in your mind's eye, a horse, a horse with hands. I'd hate that so Weird. much. That the the arms still being hairy, but the hands being hairless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what hooves are like. So just the the hair would just stop, and then just full human hands, like no no horse like qualities, just just human hands, and then horse. It's like the like a centaur, but you got all the worst bits. You're just a horse full of hands. Did they ever decide how Centaur would wear a pair of jeans? Um, how would they wear a pair of jeans? Yeah, they would work it, honey. That's how they would wear. They would wear them well. That's how Centaur would wear jeans well. Serve. Uh, serving <laughs> Centaurs serve, and uh, that's. I think that's a good note to end on. Oh my god. <laughs> More cent hashtag more work for centaur models. Uh, that's the message of today's show. Listen, it's been a long one, and I'm losing my mind because that was actually a lot of thinking to to make all those awards. So I feel like I need to switch off now. So, thank you very much for listening to the Crack and Banter podcast. Thank you for coming back in 2023. We're excited to be back and get back into it. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. We have a subreddit. You can go there. Um. Give us a like and a follow on your podcasting app. If you've liked what you've heard, tell a friend, all that good stuff. 
If you want to send an email into the show, you can send that to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Give us suggestions, recommendations, and we will be back doing all our, our normal stuff, having a great time over here. So please stay tuned and, and we'll see you next time. Look, do you want to close us out? Yes, thank you for listening to the Crag and Banter 2022 end of year awards that did not happen at the end of 22, rather the start of 2023. And I would like to sign off by giving the best outro gag award to... (laughs) 